Aloha. Welcome back to the Ghost Lore of Hawaii podcast. I am your host, Jared. What up? Tonight we venture away from the islands, but don't worry. These tales are still connected to Ghost Lore of Hawaii through me. Me. That's right. All of the stories discussed in this episode are experiences that happened to me, me. firsthand while living in my first apartment back in college. These events had a lasting impression in more than one way. Make sure to listen to the end to find out how that one-year period still affects my life to this day. Sit back, cozy up to the fire, and let's get into this. Chapter 1. Moving in and meeting the neighbors. Oh, hey! Nice to finally meet you! Hi! Yeah, Uh, what do you mean finally? You moved in a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Like, a couple of days after I did right? No, I I just flew in yesterday. Been unpacking all day, though. Sorry if it's been a little loud. Oh, no, you're fine. Oh, yeah, you're fine, too. No, I, I mean, your unpacking isn't bothering me. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean you're not fine, either. She was fine. After a few minutes of awkward conversation, I learned... Lou, like Betty Lou, minus the Betty, was a year older than me and had just transferred universities. I had spent the summer back home in Hawaii and had arrived back on the mainland for my sophomore year in college. I had spent my freshman year in the dorms and was finally able to move out to the off-campus apartments where 99% of the tenants were students and parties raged every weekend, starting on Thursdays. This would be my first apartment as an adult, (laughs) barely, and I was ready for all the debauchery and freedom that came with it. My roommate, who was also from Hawaii, was a female friend I'd hung out with a lot my freshman year, who was still back home in Hawaii on summer break. Are you okay? You kinda just started staring off into space for a bit, Lou asked, interrupting my fantasy of all the antics I'd hoped to get into this year. Uh, yeah, are you okay? Yeah, as I was saying, I just thought I heard footsteps upstairs the other week. That wasn't you? Lilo here started barking up a storm in the middle of the night. I looked down at Lilo her corgi mix, who stared back at me, ears pointed up 
with a dopey grin on his face. Nope, couldn't have been me. And my roommate flies in next week. Weird. Anyway, is your room the one with the bathroom? Yeah! Hey, you're right above my room. Oh, cool. Well, if the house is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> what? Uh, just joking. It's like from an old song. No, I, I get it. I know the song. I just don't know why you would say that. Uh, <clears throat> to understand the events that would transpire over the next year, I'll need to describe the unit's floor plan. The apartment complex was made up of a bunch of triplexes, all with identical two-bedroom, two-bathroom floor plans stacked on top of each other. My roommate and I were on the top floor with Lou and her roommate below us on the second. Then there was one more set of roommates below them who neither of us had met yet. To simplify the description of the floor plan, you can think of each apartment like a square divided into four equal quarters. The two bedrooms and bathrooms were located on the top half of the square, with the living room and kitchen making up the bottom half. My roommate's bedroom was in the top left corner, and mine, the top right, directly above Lou's. Yeah, we got that. The kitchen was in the bottom right of the unit, with the living room in the bottom left of the square. If you can imagine a clock, oh great, more confusing, the main entrance to the apartment was at 9 o'clock. Here's my number if you need anything, or if we're ever too loud, just shoot me a text. I'm grilling some steaks later if you want to come over. Oh, cool, thanks, but I'm pescatarian, Lou responded. Oh, uh, sorry, I'm not really religious. Uh, no, I only eat chicken or fish. Anyway, uh... Lilo's been barking at the corner of the ceiling a lot lately, so if it's too much, just let me know. We chatted a bit more before I excused myself to finish packing. Alright, see you around. Footsteps, huh? Weird. Maybe maintenance or painters? In the middle of the night, though? I thought as I closed the door behind me. No red meat? Chapter 2. Glitch in the Matrix A few months into the semester, our apartment had become sort of a hangout spot. Throughout the week, any number of friends would stop by and kick it until the wee hours. Who says wee hours? Our apartment was set up with two couches positioned in an L-shape against one corner of the living room, facing the entrance and the TV. The front door opened up to the living room, so if seated on one of the couches, you had a clear view of anyone coming or going. Immediately after entering the apartment was a hallway that opened up to the living room and kitchen to the right, or straight to one of the bathrooms 
and the two bedrooms on the left. If you were to retrace your steps from the bedrooms to the kitchen, you'd walk down the hall facing the main door, then turn left into the living room, then another left towards the kitchen. One evening, I was lounging on the couch in the living room, watching a movie, when a friend stopped by. What up? Wally was a year older than me and was one of the first Hawaii transplants I met my freshman year. He and the older students from Hawaii took us youngins under their wings and helped acclimate us to the mainland. Culture shock. Wally entered the living room and plopped down on the unoccupied couch, laying with his feet towards the TV. I was seated on the couch facing the TV head on. The sun had already set, turning the evening sky a midnight blue, darkening the living room. The glow of the TV pulsed as the movie played. My roommate had been studying in her room for an upcoming test and hadn't come out for several hours. While watching the movie, from the corner of my eye, I saw someone walk into the living room from the hallway and into the dark kitchen. Assuming it was my roommate, I thought nothing of it. However, after several minutes, one of the bedroom doors opened and my roommate casually strolled out into the living room. What up, bitches? She said as she continued towards the kitchen. So hungry. It took me several seconds to process seeing this glitch in the matrix. You know, one of those weird, unexplainable incidents, like a bird frozen in midair, or deja vu. Before I could say anything, wait, what the f***? Weren't you already in the kitchen? I saw someone walk into the kitchen. Wally blurted out, me too, me too, I said. I know for a fact someone entered the living room, then walked into the kitchen. Wally confirming he saw the same thing gave me chicken skin. Shut up, you're messing with us. You have someone over studying, I accused, laughing uncomfortably, but realized I hadn't seen anyone leave the kitchen. No, I promise. I was studying, then fell asleep. When I woke up, it was dark, and I literally just came out here for some cereal. No more Pakalolo for you dumbasses. Marks from sleep were clearly visible on my roommate's face. Wally and I looked at each other, confusion on both our faces. We broke down what we had witnessed to confirm we hadn't imagined it. Bro, I'm tripping. Someone walked in from the hallway, turned the corner, and headed towards the kitchen. 
Then, my roommate did the exact same thing just several minutes later. The odd thing was, neither Wally or I could make out any details of the person. Not what they were wearing, their sex, age, nothing. Just the figure casually moving from the hallway to the kitchen. We were both 100% sure we saw someone. Chapter 3 Midnight Mess At around this time, a tiny casino had just opened up in the college town, and many of my friends got bit by the gambling bug. Many had spent all-nighters and all-paychecks at the poker or blackjack tables during this time. The popularity of No Limit Texas Hold'em was also at its peak with the World Series of Poker being televised on sports channels like ESPN. Is that a sport? It was a weird time, for sure. Everyone had one of those silver briefcases filled with poker chips. During this time, poker chips sprawled out on the dining table was a permanent fixture in our apartment. On this particular night, a friend, Joe, had passed out on one of our couches after a party hosted by my roommate and I. Bottles and red solo cups occupied most areas of the living room. The quote-unquote dining room, which was just the low-hanging light fixture above the dining table, separated the kitchen from the living room. Along with being the perfect length for beer pong, the table was also awesome for poker. Stacks of poker chips were still laid out across the table from the party, next to more solo cups, beer cans, and bottles. Everyone had long departed the party, with the exception of Joe, who had passed out on one of the couches. All windows and doors were closed and locked. Besides Joe's heavy breathing, the apartment was dead silent. Then, a few hours before sunrise, Joe was startled awake by the sound of someone stomping through the dining room. Just as he began to remember whose couch he was passed out on, something slammed into the dining table, sending the poker chips flying into the wall. Joe wasn't the only one startled awake. I bolted out of my room. This was before my LASIK, so I could barely see anything through the darkness. What the heck, Joe? I said as I entered the living room, flicking the hallway light on. 
Through the dim light, I saw Joe still laying on the couch, eyes wide open and unblinking. Blanket pulled up under his chin. That wasn't me. The fuck, Joe? My roommate said, squinting her eyes from the light as she joined us. I walked around the hallway corner towards the kitchen, still unaware of what made the crashing sound. As I flicked on the light that hung above the poker table, it all came together. A mess of poker chips lay scattered across the base of one of the walls. Chips of paint in the drywall marked the evidence of how hard they had been hit. Surprisingly, none of the cups or bottles, many still containing liquid, had fallen or spilled. The three of us cleaned up the mess in nervous silence. All right, I'm going to head out. Joe said. He never crashed at our place again. Come to think of it, no one else did either. Chapter 4 Uninvited Guest We threw more than a couple parties while living in that apartment. One time, the three units, all stacked on top of each other, threw one huge rager. We set up a DJ booth in our apartment, which became the dance floor, the keg and bar with signature drinks like lava flows and Jaeger bombs had been set up in Lou's apartment below us. The stoner lounge with black lights and hookahs was on the bottom floor. After taking a breather in my room, one of my friends stuck her head in. Hey, whose grandma is that? What? Yeah, I was dancing and I saw an older lady. Short, curly, white hair. Maybe 60s, 70s? I saw her walk up from the kitchen to the bathroom, then, after the song ended, I went to go take a pee, and she must have left because no one was there. I just thought it was weird. I mean, it is pretty weird. Granny likes to party. No one I knew had invited anyone that matched that description. But it was a big party. Chapter 5 Interrupted Sleep I didn't know what jolted me awake, but around this time, I had been periodically startled awake by something slapping me square on my forehead. Seriously. I'd be napping on the couch between classes, then feel... A slap. 
other instances, it would happen in the middle of the night. Slap. Nothing too hard, but enough to jolt me awake. But I didn't feel like that was what woke me up on this specific night. I lay on my back, sweating, trying to remember if I had had a nightmare. My room was set up with a bed pushed to one corner and a futon couch adjacent to my mattress forming an L, similar to the couches in the living room. As I rolled onto my side, back against the wall to face the room, I saw it. Someone sitting on the far end of the futon. They were facing the wall that my feet were pointed at with the right side of their body closest to me. My first thought was it was my roommate. But this person had longer, darker hair. I could not make out a face in the dark room and shitty vision. But the person was there. Just sitting silently as if it didn't know I was in the room. I lay stunned frozen in fear cold terrified I quickly flopped around to face the wall and squeezed my eyes shut my body tensed in anticipation of what I wasn't sure cold bony hands grabbing my arm fingers wrapping around my throat but nothing happened slowly my body began to relax and I opened my eyes I turned my head to peek over my shoulder in the direction of the futon in my horror I realized the person was no longer seated at the furthest end of the couch, but had moved to the closest section right at the edge of my bed. It still sat angled with the right side of its body closest to me. I whipped my head back to face the wall, holding my breath, trying to hear any noise. And that's when I noticed it. Pained breathing. Shaking, I wrapped my pillow around my head to deaden that horrible sound. The last thing I remember was aching in my arms from the tension. I don't remember falling asleep, but the next thing I do remember was waking up 
to daylight. I quickly turned to the futon, the light giving me a cheat code of confidence. Nothing was there. Over that semester, I'd gotten to know Lou pretty well. She mentioned a few times that Lilo, her dog, continued to bark up at the ceiling, which she thought was weird. Lilo wasn't really a barker, and especially never at the ceiling, often at times when she knew we were not home. We began to tally all the weird incidents that happened in the apartment. Was our building haunted? Hmm, let's see. The noises Lou heard when she first moved in? Check. The figure Wally and I saw walk into the kitchen? Check. The freaking thing in my bedroom? Ah! Oh, not to mention being slapped in the forehead. Ow. I was curious on WTF was going on. Did I just say WTF? Check. I mentioned it all to my dad while on the phone with him one day. He called the apartment complex to find out if anyone had previously died in the unit, but of course, they said no. Luckily, this was around the same time the incident that the episode The Haunting at the UH Manoa Part 3 was based on involving a couple of acquaintances who could see spirits. Without providing any information, I invited one of the mediums over to see if she could sense anything. It didn't take long for her to confirm something was off about the unit. Chapter 6 Confirmation She stopped by after work one night at around 9.30. It was a weekday, so the complex was quieter than it would have been on the weekends. As soon as entering our apartment, she sensed a pressure or weight, like the feeling you get when your head is congested from a head cold. She walked forward through the hallway, bypassing the living room, straight towards the bathroom, facing the front entrance. She was focused on that bathroom, as if it was drawing her in. This is where it's coming from. What the fuck does that mean? Well, not it. They. Still, what the fuck does that mean? She explained there was a doorway of sorts where things, apparitions, ghosts, she wasn't sure, but 
They could come and go as they pleased. That don't sound too good. She said she saw an older woman, short, curly, white hair, enter the hallway as soon as she walked into the apartment. She watched the elderly woman walk towards the bathroom, around the corner, into the hallway, then vanish. That's how she knew the doorway existed. I got a tingle of excitement as I hadn't mentioned anything about the old woman to this medium. She said she didn't think the spirits had a connection to any of us. They just found amusement in coming and going. Some liked to mess with us, hence the slaps on my forehead when I slept, and others came and went as if going through a repetitive cycle. There were those who just observed as if they didn't know why they were there or what their purpose was. Well, that doesn't seem too bad, and it explains the randomness of it all. I've never seen the old lady. My roommate's never been slapped awake. And both Wally and I saw the same apparition walk into the kitchen. So as long as it doesn't seem harmful, that's fine, right? Well, it's because the things that have come through are innocent enough. It's the other things you have to worry about. That's what makes these types of doors dangerous. Oh, come on. Haven't you seen Poltergeist? So what do we do? How the fuck should I know? I don't study this kind of stuff. I'm a hospitality major. I don't know anything about exorcisms. Oh, shit. Do we need an exorcism? Although that acquaintance shed some light on what might have been going on in that unit, I still felt pretty clueless on the origins of our haunted apartment. What caused this doorway to appear in the first place? Had it always been in that spot even before the apartment complex was built? Or did the portal open sometime after? And if that's the case, was this doorway opened intentionally? Or even worse, accidentally? Being a huge fan of scary movies, I often imagined how this would play out in a horror. If you were to stand in front of the bathroom sink, staring into the mirror, the bathroom door would be directly behind you, along with the invisible portal. I used to joke around that Bloody Mary or Candyman got someone because of where this doorway was located. But the more I thought about it, the more interested in the idea I got. Dumb college kids daring each other to say Bloody Mary in front of the mirror accidentally summons a doorway into the other side? 
stranger things have happened. In the end, my roommate and I had just a few more months in the apartment before our lease was up and couldn't really afford to break the contract. We decided to tough it out and finish the year in the haunted apartment. Luckily, although the slapping and occasional sounds of footsteps continued, we didn't experience anything sinister or dangerous come through that portal. My roommate and I eventually moved out at the end of the year and another pair of college students moved in. We didn't pass on any stories of the weird events and have never heard if they experienced anything themselves. All I know is those things really happened, making my first apartment experience unforgettable. But there's something else I failed to mention that won't let me forget that time in my life. Once in a while, every couple of months or so, while napping, something slaps me in the middle of my forehead. Mahalo for tuning in to another episode of Ghost Lore of Hawaii, Paranormal Paradise. I hope you enjoyed these personal experiences. Each scenario mentioned were all real-life events I went through in that apartment. I know I lean a lot into the lighter, comedic side of things as opposed to straight horror, but I cannot stress enough how terrifying some of those incidents were at the time they happened. For instance, I got a cold chill of fright when I was told about the elderly woman seen walking through our party. She had a deadpan look on her face like she hadn't seen the drunk college kids surrounding her. Don't even get me started on the person sitting next to my bed that one night. I must have slept with the TV on for several weeks straight as my adult nightlight. Thank you, Food Network. And I am being 100% honest with you all about the slapping. I still, till this day, am awoken by those slaps to the forehead. It never happened before moving into that apartment, but continued after leaving. I really hope I am not being teabagged by a lonely spirit. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or any other heard on Ghost Lore of Hawaii, please leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps me out so much. Thank you. Want more spooky content? Head over to patreon.com slash ghostloreofhawaii to become a patron. For the price of a cup of coffee per month, patrons get access to bonus and early release episodes, 
free gifts, shoutouts, and a lot more. Kanaka tier patrons also get to name a character in a future story. Andrea from the final story of last week's episode was named after a loyal patron, and members Cynthia Klepang and Kit Friday named characters Wally and Lou for this episode. I also want to shout out the newest Kanaka tier patron, Janelli Bean. Thank you so much. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all the other Obake and Pele tier patrons. Thank you so much to all the patrons out there. Do you have a story or topic you'd like discussed on the podcast? You can email me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram at ghostlore.of.hawaii. I post relevant and non-relevant content and am pretty active posting on my story memes. Want a free listening app that allows you to find more podcasts in the genres you like? I've partnered with Repod for that very reason. Users can share their favorite shows and even clips from their favorite episodes. You can even chat with your favorite verified hosts like me. Check out the link in the show notes to download Repod for free. All names for this episode were changed for privacy's sake. Although that acquaintance, acquaintance, uh, acquaintance, that's right. Although that acquaintance shed some light on what of my, on what of my, on what might have, what might have, on what might have been going on. I really hope I'm not being tea. I really hope I'm not being teabagged. I. Re- I really hope I am not being teabagged by a lonely spirit. (laughs) What's happening to this show?